to the book of Matthew and we're still continuing on. It'll probably be at least a year because there's at least 52 commands that the Lord gives and we're looking at them as they come chronologically in the Bible. And today we're in chapter 7 and we're going to look at a command of the Lord that You've heard and very familiar with, and in fact, uh, last summer, uh, I pr- when Pastor was gone, I preached on this, and so it'll be familiar. But we're going to uh, we're going to study it in a little different light. I want us to not uh, look at. Well, let me read it first, and then I'll set, make these comments. Matthew seven and thirteen. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And so today, instead of looking at this in the sense of uh, trying to address just lost people, I want us to look at it and try to gain from it some evangelistic principles, how we can be better at uh, being the gospel sowers, trying to draw people to the Lord. And um, we uh, will see what we come up with here. Um, I guess the first thing when we talk about and and trying to get some principles for our evangelism is kind of to note where we're at here in the Sermon on the Mount. We've had chapters 5 and 6 and uh, all of the things that he's said. And now it's as though he's coming toward the end of this message. And uh, what some uh, teachers of evangelism say, he's trying to draw the net. In a sense, he's uh, giving the invitation. And you'll see that he does that even further uh, again when you get down to... uh, uh, verse 24 through 27, drawing the net and talking about building your life upon the sand or upon a rock. And uh, he often makes contrast throughout the scripture, particularly here in this, where the straight gate and then the broad way uh, we find contrast between walking in darkness and walking in the light, uh, the building here of on the sand or on the rock, the tares and the wheat, the goat and the sheep, the Pharisee and the publican, and the broad and wide way uh, compared to the narrow way. And so uh, I guess uh, it's going to be really... Uh, all over the board today, but the thing I, I, I would say, if we're thinking about ourselves and trying to reach the uh, reach the world, there needs to be 
how, how should I say? I don't know of a better word than, than draw the net. We're fishing and we're going to try to pull it in. We're, we're fishing for men and now we're trying to draw the net. <clears throat> we need to, when we're talking to people, I realize that they may be, their knowledge may be at different levels concerning the gospel. But I think that when we have shared the gospel, we need to call upon people for a decision. Challenge them with a decision. Not getting a false profession and not trying to take the Holy Spirit's job, but at least to warn them that this is something that needs to be dealt with soon. In fact, we're going to see that when he says, enter ye in, that word enter ye in is a command. Enter ye in at the, at the narrow gate, the straight gate. And it has the idea, do it now, do it immediately. I think that we, if we're not careful, at times we can leave the idea with people that we talk to. Well, I'd just like for you to think about this and consider this and whenever you have time, to set and contemplate to do that. But that's, that's not right. We wouldn't go up to a window of a burning building and ask someone to, well, why don't you think about jumping out? Or why don't you think about escaping another route in your house instead of sitting there and uh, just say, well, everything will be all right. We need to encourage people to uh, to uh, respond and, uh, and with urgency. Whenever we, we it's, it's possible for us in sowing the gospel to uh, kind of leave a nonchalant attitude and not uh, be urgent as we would see in the illustration of the house on fire, we'd, we'd be yelling for them to get out, get out now, get out now. And I think a part of that may be that we lose the intensity of the fact that hell is real. Yeah. And that people go there. I was looking at a, a video yesterday and, and this a pastor was taking questions and answers from people and this uh, uh, man from India got up and asked him, you know, if you, uh, what about people that are from the Muslim faith or, or from one of the religions in India and, oh, and, you know, are all those going to go to hell? And there's a great big audience there. And he just, he just says that, you know, the Bible says that there's neither is there salvation in any other than the name of the heaven whereby we must be saved. And that actually all people are going to hell that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so when Jesus ends this, there's an urgency. He's wanting them to respond. I think also... Um, we see something here in, uh, in uh, the foolish man and the wise man. Uh, look there in verse 28. 
of chapter 7. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings that people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. That when we, when we give out the gospel message to uh, the lost world, we need to do it not arrogantly, but we need to speak with authority. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation that we, that, uh, we leave no doubt in people's minds that we believe absolutely and we believe authoritatively that the word of God is true and that what I'm telling you is truth. And uh, you need to listen. Uh, we're not in the selling business, uh, we, we, you know, and sometimes I think that when, the, when we, people uh, witness, it's almost like uh, a vacuum cleaner salesman selling a vacuum cleaner and he wants to seal the deal. That's not the way evangelism should be. But a good vacuum cleaner salesman does believe in his product. And we should believe in our product. And that's a bad word to even say. But we should wholeheartedly embrace within our heart that Jesus is the only way. And we should embrace it with authority because we do speak with authority. All power. What's the word power mean there? All authority. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach and reserve all things while I command, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's a little bit out of order, but but we speak with authority. And of course, uh, in this illustration, we have uh, two destinations. There's not a, many, many destinations, and uh, we uh, can gain that from from this. But let's uh, let me just work through this again. Uh, you'll maybe remember uh, when I preach this, and maybe you won't. Uh, it's when I put the backpack on and wandered around and tried to get people's attention with my backpack. So we have two gates, one wide and one straight. And as you see there, the spelling of straight is not like a straight line, but it's S-T-R-A-I-T, like the Strait of Gibraltar where the ships sail through, um, the, the geolo geology and the mountains come real close together, and it's, it's straight implies a narrowness. Two ways, a broad way and a narrow way. And two groups of people. There's only two groups of people in this world, and surely we need to understand that. I think sometimes we want to leave out hope that maybe there's another way for people. And we know that's not true, but the world wants to think that's true. But there's only two ways. And so let's look at the different gates here. 
One's wide and one's straight, narrow. And I think it's important to understand that uh, he's not, he's not uh, saying that here we've come to a fork in the road and one fork goes this way and one fork goes that way and that we are here here trying to make a decision it's more like it's more like that we're on we're on a broad road and we come to the place in the road where there's a different trail and it's a very narrow trail it's not it's not here that we're we're standing in this place and we're in a neutral position we are on the broad way when we're when we're when we're coming to this world, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. And that word "gone astray" as soon as they be born, uh, it has the idea that they're astray. Uh, they're wandering about. When a sheep goes astray, he's just out there wandering about. He he has no direction or purpose. He's just trying to find the next. A good piece of grass that he can munch on. And if you think about that, that's a kind of crude illustration, but the world is on a broad way and they're just looking for the next piece of grass they can munch on. The next thing that can uh, somehow make them happy. And uh, Jesus here says, there's a way that's very restricted. There's only one gate there. No others. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And so, to get into the way that leads to life, it must be through the gate that there's that there's only, only one, only one gate. Jesus says, I am the door. There's only one way to enter into that. And as we've said, it's a very narrow way. So let's, let's first consider, consider this, uh, this broad way that people, people all out throughout here are walking, the broad way. On the Broadway, it's spacious. The word broad means spacious. It's wide open. He says there, many there be which go in thereat. They're in the Broadway. Most of the population are in the Broadway. And uh, in the Broadway, One's thinking is very broad. Your idea is just as valid as my idea. Relativism. You can believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe, and even though they may disagree with each other, that's okay. And, uh, and every idea is accepted. Who are we to say that we uh, have the truth in the... Islam world doesn't have the truth. 
Come on, let's be, let's be open-minded. We should be open-minded Christians. You're just closed-minded. You believe you're the only way, you're, you're closed-minded. But I'm pretty closed-minded about that two and two is four. I don't think it's five, I don't think it's six, I don't think it's eight. And so truth is truth. And uh, it's absolute truth. And so on the Broadway, all religious ideas are valid. And after all, you know, we're all, we're all headed for the same place, right? We're all trying to get to the same place. And Jesus is destroying that idea in this parable or in this illustration. No, we're not. One, one goes to life and one goes to destruction. We're not all headed for the same place. And on the Broadway, you actually answer to no one. That's the thinking. You're the master of your own destiny. I'm free to do what I want to do. On the Broadway, lifestyles and choices are numerous. On the Broadway, nobody's crowding you. You know, you got plenty of room to do what you want to do. You're not crowding you. There's room for all ideas. There's room for all lifestyles, transgender, homosexual, all lifestyles. And no one ever crimps you in your lifestyle. And uh, people don't like to be crimped in their lifestyle. And that's why the uh, federal government's trying to legislate immorality. That's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to legislate morality. They're trying to legislate immorality. That's right. yeah. And uh, because uh, everybody's got the right to do what they want to do. And, and, and if you think that you ha have the right to tell them they're wrong, then uh, you're going to get put in jail. And so the Broadway is open-minded. There's no narrow-minded thinking. I'm right and you're wrong is to be very arrogant. And what's truth for you is not necessarily truth for me. There's so much freedom on the Broadway. I'm the king of my own castle. And after all, this is what the majority considers to be right. The majority can't be wrong, uh, but yes, they can. This Broadway 
It's a way of deception. It's a way in which uh, people uh, think they have it in control. They got the world by the tail on a downhill pull. But actually, actually this broad way is a trap. If you're setting a trap for rabbits this time of year, you first you find out where they're going, where the snow's wore down, and then you put some plant life to kind of funnel them in. It's real broad at the first, and it actually narrows down, and then finally, the little noose at the end, and he gets in there, and he's done. The Broadway is like a, a mouse. He sniffed that cheese. He can smell it. Or peanut butter works good in Alaska for bowls. Everybody needs a few bowls in their house to be an Alaskan. I left all I could over at the pastor's house. I don't know if he's caught any yet. <laughs> uh, lots of holes between the floor and the and the crawl space at the pastor's house. Got to have good circulation, you know. But they smell that peanut butter, and man, they get excited. And they rush to it as fast as they can. And they get over there close to it, and they find out where it's at, and they stick their nose in there. And, and that's the last thing they did. The Broadway... Now, people who think this is a bunch of junk and it's all, you know, it's all just man-made stuff, why would a man think of something like this? God authored this. Man gets too much credit when people want to try to deny the Bible. The things in the Bible could only be written by a divine creator using men as ink pens to write it. On the Broadway, it's an illusion. You, uh, you think you're in control, but in reality, you're being maneuvered by Satan, the prince in the power of the air. We're dead in trespasses. The Bible says that we're dead in trespasses. Sin. We're in times past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past and lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were in nature children of wrath, even as others. That I think that I'm the man in my own destiny. But I'm walking through the course of this world according to the prince and the power of the air. Satan has a way to entice us and we think that 
It was our, our idea. We're not in control. And in this, in this Broadway, not only is it a trap, but in the Broadway, the focus of the Broadway, the focus of the Broadway is the journey. and not the end. It's the journey. I want to get the most I can out of the journey. And that's what people are living for. And in fact, if you ask them, well, what about the end? They don't want to talk about that. That's not part of their... <laughs> part of their thought process. It's uh, not what's going to happen in the end, but it's what can I do today? What can I do to fulfill my desires today? What toys can I gather in the journey? What experience can I have during the journey? What exploits what kind of name can I make for myself during the journey? And that's why people like Howard Hughes, who had tremendous amounts of money, come to the end of their life in despair and in great turmoil and have to drug themselves up to uh, survive because they can't deal with thinking about the end. But for you and I, if you're saved, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That we're actually so stupid that we embrace death. That's the Broadway, <clears throat> gathering of toys, focuses upon the journey. But this Broadway does have a destination. There is a destination. It's not always just wandering around, tasting this and tasting that in the Broadway. There is a destination. And Proverbs warns, There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Isn't that interesting? The end thereof are the ways of death. Many ways to death in the broad way. But only one way to life in the straight and narrow way. The Bible here says in uh, verse 13, For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. 
But the end hereof, the end is destruction. And I want you to pay close attention to that word. It's not annihilation. It's not ceasing to exist. When you read in the book of Revelation about the great white throne judgment, it's not, the great white throne is not here upon the earth. It's someplace in, this, in space. And the dead, small, and great are called there. And uh, perhaps they're thinking that there's going to be a reprieve Perhaps they're thinking, well, I got taken out of the holding jail, like FCC is a holding jail for trial, and I've been brought, and now we're going to come before the great Supreme Court of all the universe. And maybe there's going to be a, a pardon. But there at the great white throne judgment, they're going to look back and see that every single thing in this world was burnt up with fervent heat. I can't imagine anything more devastating than that, to have a little bit of hope. Maybe I can get back what I had. Maybe, you know. And all their hope is in what they found on the Broadway. But when the great white throne judgment there, you look back and all is lost. Not, they, there's no hope in anything. Everything that they had in this world is burnt up. And that word destruction, that word uh, destruction doesn't mean annihilation. But it means that total ruin. Total ruin. What is the billionaire like Bill Gates going to take into the end of his day on the Broadway? The same thing as the pauper takes in. Absolutely nothing. There's not going to be a prison in hell where the elite get to, you know, be in prison, but they still get to sleep in a good bed and you know, get fed good meals like some of the uppity up prison systems in the United States. It's total destruction. What did they lose? What do you lose in the broad way? Everything. Except your life can't be destroyed and it's going to be eternal. Not only do we have eternal life in heaven, but there's eternal life in hell. That's the Broadway. For what is a prophet if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 
And so we exist as a child of God and as a church institution of the church. We exist to uh, speak with authority and warn of judgment to come. Now, what of the straight gate and the narrow way? Well, first of all, uh, we can rejoice that there is a narrow way and it leads to life. Let's, uh, let's in not doing our evangelism, let's remember it's by the grace of God I am what I am. There is a way, and it's, a, it's an open way. The door is open. The gate is open. And God is pleading with us to enter. And the door, as we've said, is the Lord. He says he's the door. And it's restricted, straight, restricted. And so, as I did when I preached that day, but here's Mr. Stickman. And on his back, as on the back of Christian and Pilgrim's Progress, is a great burden, baggage of sin. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are filthy rags, and we do fade as the leaf, and our iniquities have, like, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. You can't go in the narrow gate with all of your own ideas, all of your own justification, all of your own sin, all of your own righteousness. The narrow way will not have filthy rags laying in its path. They're not allowed. It's restricted. Some people talk about, well, it's really you know, hard to be saved. Well, uh, it's easy in the sense that God did it all. But where the hard part comes <laughs> is our pride. Yeah. <clears throat> that we're going to have to humble ourselves. But you see, when you really see the truth, and you really understand the payment that was made, 
and you get a good picture of your sinfulness, which allows you to at least a little bit grasp the love of God, because you don't really love God until you understand how sinful you are and that he loved you first. You're not going to humble yourself. But we need to remember that the Bible says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And so there at the entrance, I'm going to have to take my pack off. All the things that I want to exhibit to a holy God as positive things in my life. He said, well, let me see this. Let me see all your righteousness. Let me see all this stuff you got in that pack there. I want to, I want to see your righteousness. And he starts pulling them out one by one. You remember if you were here that evening I preached or that morning I preached and I had that backpack full of all dirty kind of junk. We threw it out because uh, it's just filthy rags. But when we enter that narrow, straight way, we're clothed with righteousness. You see, um, the straight, narrow way has to be approached, as the songwriter said, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. That narrow, that broad, broad way we're on, and then we come to the narrow way. <clears throat> just, just this one little illustration that the Lord gives ought to get people to understand there's, there's nothing easy about easy believism. It's totally contrary to the word of God. That it takes repentance. That's getting that backpack off. To turn from the broad way and, and turn into that narrow way. To look back and say goodbye to your friends who are having fun on the broad way. But you see, what's, what's kind of What's kind of sad about this broad way is, uh, you know, there's a lot of freedom there, yeah, people think there's freedom, but to walk into the course of this world and, uh, and the wicked are like the troubled sea that cast us up their mire and dirt. There is no peace to the wicked. Take a look at the broad way. Take a look at the smile in the, in the eyes of the people on the broad way. 
Well, he enters this whole thing. Enter ye in. That's the command. Enter ye in. Why? Because it leadeth to life. And he warns them. There's very few that finds it. Don't make the mistake. Enter in. Go on in. Humble yourself. Take the backpack off. Take all your thoughts off. Compare them to the word of God. Read the book of authority. And enter in. And in doing so, he says, you'll find life. You'll get life. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that findeth. Jesus said that he came to give life, or it was said of Jesus, that he came to give life, and life more abundantly. I was saved at a pretty young age of 13, but I have heard the testimony of people who were saved later in life. And they, always, they make some kind of comment not always the same words, but to the effect that I never lived life until I was saved. I never enjoyed life until I was saved. I never knew what life was about until I was saved. And so uh, one of the commandments of the Lord, and he's drawing the net, as we said, as far as our own personal evangelism, we need to be convicted that there's only two ways in life, one going to destruction and one to life. Take all the religions of the world, all of them, and boil them down, and there's just two ways, one man-centered and one God-centered. One that leads to life and the other that leads to total annihilation, <laughs> not annihilation, but total destruction, total ruin. And so we ought to speak with authority. Listen, either this is the truth or it's not the truth. And what the sad thing is, if it's the truth and the world's looking and say, well, you know, they must be trying to keep it to themselves or they don't really believe it or they don't really care for me. What is it? Well, too often it's the fact that, you know, I'm, I got my own things I'm doing and uh, you made your own bed, go sleep in it. And the bottom line is uh, we don't love the world that's lost in sin. And as I said last week, the reason we can't love our neighbor as ourselves 
is because I don't love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my strength. Because if I did, I would love what he loves. And he loved people just like me. Okay? All clear? So if I'm going to follow what I said, I have to ask, what way are you on? What way are you on? Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? I remember sitting in church many, many times at the end of the message and God speaking to me about the narrow way. And I got out of there as quick as I could. Run down, there was a, there was a schoolyard next to the church. Run down and jump on the swings and, and be involved in the things of the Broadway and drive out the convicting word of God as the Spirit of God brought it to my heart. Run as fast as you can to the Broadway. People run as fast as they can to the Broadway and in the Broadway, denying, denying the truth. You know, you know what, what a person is that denies the truth? Yeah, you do. He's a fool. Don't be a fool. You're dismissed.